Amen. Welcome everybody. Good to be here. Good to see you all. This is uh, Natasha, by the way, who's from the... It's called the Earth and Spirit Center. Good to see you again. Um, Camille and I have been in Vermont for more or less the last week. Actually, we've been in heaven uh, with an angel and a constellation called Lyra. Who's our baby granddaughter? <laughs> Lyra is the constellation that has Vega, the planet Vega, in it. And our son's name is Shams, as you know. Our daughter-in-law's name is Star. So it's right that they give birth to a little constellation called Lyra. And Lyra, except maybe for some of the night. Lyra slept and meditated all the, the whole time, as far as I can tell. <laughs> and she slept always in somebody's arms. She was never put down for all the days that we were there. It seemed as if she was drawing like, the best energy from everybody. And, and um, Camille would sit there for hours like this. <laughs> <laughs> It was beautiful to see motherhood and babyhood and family, two families coming together. Ours, our daughter, Kara, came from San Diego, and our daughter-in-law's brother and mother came. We were all together, and it was like a tekya for a week. It was the same. It was a beautiful tekya, everybody caring for each other, everybody serving each other, and... Um, everything revolving around this little girl. Mm. It's very sweet. And at night, through our window, the stars were like diamonds. It sounds like a cliché until you've seen it. Um, well, we lived that way for many years. In the silence of the forest and the fields, the simplicity of the people's lives up there is beautiful. Very restoring and also beautiful to be here. And so the name Al-Hakim came up again for us today. Um, there are actually two of the divine names, Hakim and Hakam, which are from the same root. H K M. And um, let's talk a little bit about Hakim. You know, when the human being can hold in its heart and mind one of these divine attributes for a sustained period of time then you are that attribute. And the attribute is not other than the divine. It's not a name of something. It is that totality. Uh, Hakim, um, in 
in its, its form means the healing wisdom. The healing wisdom that operates through all existence. And in Arabic, when the second syllable is a long I, uh, it means that this attribute functions continually and in every detail of reality. So understand this. This is not just some abstraction. This is not just some cute item. This is something about the nature of reality, Hakim, the healing wisdom of God operates in every detail of existence continually. It may be hard to see sometimes, and yet just even looked at, looking at it scientifically, look how things are put together. Look at biology, look at astronomy, look at physics, and you'll see that there's this incredible intelligence and order and in the human realm, it gets a bit more complicated because in the human realm, we add the element of free will. And with the element of free will, um, well, it allows other things to happen, which include cruelty, untruth, injustice, as well as selfless love. Uh, heroic generosity, uh, subtle tenderness, all these things are, are mixed in. And, um, but Hakim is the one that governs the oneness, the healing wisdom that governs uh, everything. And it's interesting that, you know, in the Quran, Divine names are often paired with other divine names. They often come in pairs, not always, but often. And that's interesting because these pairs are not random or accidental. The names that Hakim is most often paired with are Alim, the all-knowing, and Aziz. And how to translate Aziz? Mighty, powerful, but also dear, precious. Um, it's Aziz is a force. I suppose when you say, may the force be with you, Aziz could very well fit that. So, Hu Allahu al Hakim al Aziz. God is the healing wisdom and the force. Or God is the healing wisdom and the all-knowing. And so, um, these pairs of qualities operate together. And wisdom, which by the way, is your right, it is your um, legacy, it is your inheritance from the divine, potentially. This wisdom operates in two modes, the Alim mode and the Aziz mode. The Alim mode is wisdom knowing, the knowingness of wisdom. Wisdom is sometimes knowing from within. It's not knowledge, it's not information, 
it's knowing the truth of things uh, according to spiritual laws or in accordance with spiritual laws. So uh, this Hakim al-Alim, this healing wisdom that is also a knowingness, that's one mode of its operation. And then the Hakim al-Aziz is when that knowingness begins to be exercised. It begins to be applied. It becomes a force in existence. And some of the wise ones have said, for instance, that this is also a very good description of adab, or spiritual courtesy. Maybe it seems like I took a leap there. But the real adab, the real spiritual courtesy, is to live and act with wisdom in every moment. It's a lot of formality of, well, here's how you do things, here's how you hear the phrases you repeat, here's the gestures you do know. Adab is the wisdom um, that is lived. So, if we say Hakim is also the wisdom of knowing the hukum. Hukum is the word for laws. Not like laws that the state of Kentucky might enact, but hukum meaning principles of existence, the laws of existence. So to be uh, hakim, which is also to be a healer, in contemporary language hakim also means a healer, uh, a doctor. Uh, but to be truly, uh, to truly apply that healing wisdom, it has to be in an accord with the hukum, with the laws of existence. And that's also our responsibility, our task, to know those laws, to apply them, to live according to them. And if this seems mysterious, um, well, I ask myself, what, what, what are we talking about? What are these spiritual laws that we're talking about? Are they some mysterious, esoteric thing? And I came up with a few laws to share with you. Um, the law of gratitude. The law of generosity. The law of truthfulness. The law of the attraction of similars the law of trust and reliance on the divine. Get what I'm saying? These are simple things. These are not simple things, but these are fundamental things. And, and imagine when we're not following those laws. We, I, if I put gratitude as a law, suddenly we realize that gratitude is not just something that it's nice to do. That gratitude shapes our reality. Gratitude uh, opens up a flow of energy. Uh, so it's more than just a virtue. Uh, it's more than just a pious, moralistic virtue. It is uh, a way in, to relate to reality. And if what is it to break that law? What is ingratitude? How is it to live with ingratitude? 
How is it to live with heedlessness? How is it to live with resentment? How is it to live with complaining? How is it to live with negativity? It's not Hakim. It's not wise. So each of these laws, and I just at random, these are just the first ones that that came up. Because I realize as we are educated on the spiritual journey, these laws are internalized. We no longer think think of them as laws. They become our first response, really. Um, and our second nature, or first nature, really. Um, but these are all part of Hakim. And the word, another word from Hakim is Hakama, from the same root, H-K-M, Hakama. And Hakama means to restrain, it means to bridle a horse. Uh, it means to bridle a horse when that horse is wild and needs training. <coughs> so the principle of Hakama is to uh, restrain, to bridle the passions, to educate our impulses in order to attain a kind of skillfulness. In order to attain any skill, you need to bridle some things in order to focus the energies. You need to restrain certain things in order to give a refined and skillful expression. So this is another inner meaning of Hakim, Hakama, to, uh, to restrain. Um, the other name along with Hakim that is among the 99 names of God is Hakam. And Hakam is, is very similar, but it, it has, it carries with it the idea of deeply discerning wisdom, of a kind of judiciousness, a kind of uh, deep uh, uh, discernment. Whereas the Hakim is, is the healing wisdom, the Hakam is just a little bit different. It is, it is the capacity uh, when in the human realm, the capacity to, to really um, discern the real from the unreal, uh, the beautiful from the not-so-beautiful, the appropriate from the inappropriate. So there's a kind of clear-sightedness with Hakam. So may these descriptions and this knowledge highlight something, help help us to look at our own experience, look at our inner lives, um, and awaken that quality, these qualities in ourselves. And sometimes I, I realize I don't give, I'm not very specific about how to practice these things, because they seem so simple. But let me, let me be very explicit and say, with a name like Al-Hakim, or when we invoke it, it's Ya-Hakim, O you who are Hakim. One way to do this in your own practice would be with the breath, inhaling Ya and exhaling Hakim. One cycle of breath for each repetition of the name. 
typical human breath could be anywhere from 7 to 20 breaths a minute, typically. So let's say, let's pick 12 or something, or 15, as being somewhat average. Uh, in one minute, you could have 15 repetitions of Hakim. 300 repetitions would be 20 minutes. So, you could set yourself the task of just breathing. And when you breathe a Hakim, silently or aloud, either way, depending on your circumstances and your feeling, um, you're creating that resonance, you're unifying with the, not just the meaning, but the reality of Hakim. Partly through human imagination, partly through vibration, and something uh, is being created, something is being awakened. I mean, it's there, latent, intrinsic in our being. None of this is foreign to us. It's all the inheritance of the human soul. Um, but imagine, in addition to whatever other practice or zikr you may be doing, to add 20 minutes or so of Yahakim. And then during your day, you might just awaken in a moment and say intentionally, choose a sacred number, like 7 or 9 or 11, for instance, and just consciously invoke that name that number of times. You're walking down the street, you're driving your car, you're pausing between tasks. Just to awaken that, and more and more, then you'll find yourself that you are within this divine healing wisdom. You find yourself, you will find that, you, that this quality surrounds you. This quality saturates you. And it is, it is you. And maybe there'll be a little bit more wisdom and circumspection and discernment and uh, positive energy in our lives. <coughs> the theme for the last month, the month during which I was not hardly here at all, um, was from the beautiful words of Imam Ali. Uh, Adorn yourself with good nature, and Allah will ease your account. Adorn yourself with good nature, and Allah will ease your account. It's a beautiful way that Ali, son-in-law of the Prophet, and the first in the line of transmission of Sufism, As with the Prophet, they always focused on essentials. They were not people concerned with superficialities or mere rituals. They went right to the essence of things. So what a sweet way to say it. And the word for good, do I translate it as good character? Good nature. Actually, 
that word in Arabic is akhlaq, akhlaq, which could be translated as good character. Um, good nature, to be good natured, it's a nice phrase in English. It's not as pompous as good character, so that's why I use that phrase. To be good natured. So Ali is telling us, you know, <laughs> being good natured counts for quite a bit. Let's remember that in our lives. Just that. All it will ease your accounts, and we all have these accounts. You know what they are. <laughs> you know, you know, your inner life. You know what the, you know, the debts of your existence. You know your mistakes better than anybody. Well, if you want your accounts eased, and this is not to uh, promote guilt or shame. You know, we're not into that. But truth is, we all need our accounts to be eased. We all need that atonement. We all need to be received uh, by the beautiful, infinite forgiveness of the Divine. And what a relief it should be to know that just being good-natured is going to help. Um, you know, maybe you, you shortchange other aspects of your spiritual practice. Maybe you don't have time for the things you wish you had time for. I hope you'll we'll find the time. I hope we'll find the intention. But also to to be good natured and to have akhlaq. Akhlaq is a big word. We could have a whole evening just on akhlaq because it's uh, it really is um, a noble subject for us. The human being is the ripened fruit on the tree of life. The human being is the crown of creation. Not because we have just, uh, uh, you know, just won the lottery and found ourselves uh, to have these powers over existence. It's not like that at all. In the sense that the conscious, spiritually mature human being, what a rarity that is, but the conscious, spiritually mature human being can fulfill a function within nature that nothing else can fulfill. At least nothing else I know of. Maybe porpoises, dolphins, whales. Maybe they can. I hope they can. But the human being can exercise conscious, selfless love. The conscious, spiritually mature human being can do actions that are not just governed by our self-interest. The spiritually mature, compassionate human being, mother or father, son or daughter, uh, can bring such spiritual beauty into the world, as well as all the negative things that are all too common. But what the human being can bring into the world is divine. And that's what akhlaq is about. That's its essential meaning. That's what we're called for, not just to attain some abstract enlightenment, some explosion of consciousness for ourselves. But no, to be the embodiment of grace in this world.
to live as such, to live in that, even you might say the danger of that, because it puts you, if you were to live that way, it would put you right on the edge. So last month's theme, adorn yourself with good nature and Allah will ease your account. Zeliha in Holland, uh, we asked her to write some reflections on this and I just received it today and, and she included a beautiful picture of an Indian bride. She said, for some reason, she was to talking with somebody about this and they said, oh, well, that's like an Indian bride when they go to the wedding and they're adorned with all this beauty. symbolic. It's metaphor, of course. Um, to adorn yourself with good character. Zoe has written uh, a nice piece which will appear in two days on our e-newsletter. But now I want to touch on, and this is all related, and then we can have some reflections. I want to touch on the theme for October. And to summarize, to give the essence of it, the theme for October is be happy. And, but there's more to say. Faith, and you know, when we say faith, we don't mean belief. Faith, iman in Arabic, are certainty that we live in a spiritual reality. Faith bears the fruit of happiness and positive energy. Faith bears the fruit of, of happiness and positive energy. All negativity is a form of faithlessness, kufr, misbelief, unbelief, denial. All negativity is a form of faithlessness or kufr. In religious and Islamic terms, kufr you know, means the unbeliever. Well, Anybody who's negative is, is at that moment an unbeliever. You're betraying your faith in the divine if you're complaining, if you're resentful, if you're judgmental, if you're angry. This is kufr. It's not about being in some other religion. It's a state. Faith, how could you be truly faithful? and not have some positivity, maybe even happiness. And the greatest power right, for turning the world around at this point, we're convinced, is that we just allow ourselves to be happy and that we don't descend to the negativity that comes when we look at the world and we think it, the world today looks as if there's a fascination with it. I it. It's as if we're looking at a train wreck in slow motion can't take your eyes off of it. Well, take your eyes off of it. At least that uh, superficial ugliness. Don't forget the injustices in the world, but be happy. So I wrote this little reflection, which is it's never been so clear as it is today that what is needed is happiness, positivity, and a clear heart. We cannot afford to be negative because negativity 
literally feeds the dark forces that seek to enslave our souls. Because negativity literally feeds the dark forces that seek to enslave our souls. Fear, hatred, prejudice. On the one hand, we are more aware than ever of the lies, hypocrisies, and injustices that make up official reality. On the other hand, it is essential that we commit ourselves to increasing the happiness of all at the same time that we are compassionate toward ourselves, free of undue attachments, and content that our basic needs are met. This will add to our resilience and allow us to be more of service. Then it is for us to lend to humanity our intention for realization. To lend to humanity our intention for realization. To help humanity move forward into the joy and ecstasy of embodying the divine. It's also about Hakim, isn't it? That healing wisdom. And if, if there aren't people in the human race who are holding that highest vision and with a clear heart, uh, then the situation will be hopeless. If we are drawn into the negativity, the complaining, the resentment, um, the sorrow, the fear that could easily happen to us and does happen to us. We're just giving away our best substance. We're just allowing the substance of our souls and our awareness to just go into that, into that, and there is an invisible reality. I mean, just think of it. Let's paint a picture here. There's this kind of muddiness down here, you know. It's, it's, it's worse than muddiness. It's toxic, you know. So are we going to just, are we going to go there? Or are we going to bring the radiance? Uh, are we going to radiate positivity? Are we going to radiate blessing? Um, and are we going to also bring that light and blessing into the darkness, not run from it? not run away from it, but not feed it. So the theme for October, faith bears the fruit of happiness and positive energy. All negativity is a form of faithlessness. These are my notes and I'm going to pass them out. I know if I don't do it now, We'll forget about it. <coughs> but the two themes are here. Hopefully there's enough for the group. Oh, I'm sorry. The, uh, the poem of Eunice that's at the back, let's hold that for now. Sorry. Mm -hmm. 
Let's add this to the flow. So in a way, we've never had easier homework than to be happy and to know that you're doing good. Because if you look at if we look at our unhappiness, really, what's the point? saying when you give up complaining you'll find yourself in paradise any thoughts or reflections anything anybody wants to share tonight Free. When you made the statement about alcohol, <coughs> be of good nature and Allah will ease your account, I wanted to jump for joy. Thank you. <laughs> Thank Imam Ali. Mm-hmm. And that's, he has a number of statements like that. I just chose the most concise one. He says that in a lot of ways. There's a tendency in sometimes uh, in religiosity to complicate things and to put undue emphasis on formalities and to miss the main point. pretty amazing how I can sort of sit back and watch myself be all of these things. Like, I, I can't remember exactly what was happening. I was wondering the other day about that. Like, how could I be um, in one moment full of gratitude and generosity and then, like, you know, something crosses my path and suddenly I'm like the bad guy. Like in every way, you know, for maybe it's just for a second and maybe it's yeah. mm. Mm. <laughs> I wish I could remember I was gonna ask you about it, but I can't remember. Maybe I think you've said it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, that's how we are. not meant to backslide and we're not meant to I mean the only reason to be on a spiritual path is to will transformation to be willing to change that's the fundamental spiritual criteria as far as I'm concerned it's not your belief in God or adherence to a particular anything if a person is truly sincerely longing to be free. And it's a process because it wouldn't be so beautiful and precious if we didn't have to pay for it in a way. Before with by letting go and by sacrificing our negativity, which sometimes is so precious to us. You know, we can at least stop justifying it. <laughs> you know, we may slip into it. Maybe we don't spend as much time just justifying it to ourselves. Somebody said something to me recently and said, Oh, I really lost it. It was really ugly. Beautiful. This is a very dear person, but that this person could see in a moment that, okay, that's how I was. And um, <clears throat> that's fuel for the process. Love is a fire and ego is its fuel. also very true of the subject of happiness that we can find many reasons not just to be happy not to be light if you want a, a, a divine name for that you know there are two names Kabit, Kabit and Basit Kabit is God the constrictor or the divine as the one that comp sometimes compresses us and Basit is the one who expands us so there will be times when we experience constriction, either in circumstances and sometimes in our own hearts. You know, it's, it is inevitable. The human heart is always going through states. No matter what your level of spiritual attainment is, there's still, relatively speaking, expansion and contraction, expansion and contraction, boss and count. So in recent months I've been keeping that name of, of Basit in mind because uh, it just dawned on me that it's really important that we allow ourselves to be expansive and that we can even experience the infinite. We have the right and the need to experience the infinite uh, in life. And in our last retreat in England in August, uh, 
that was a very important, shall we say, subtext <coughs> that brings some ecstasy into the experience. And we had a great master of levy musician helping us with that. That made a difference. Music can do it the way the way it can do it. In contemporary Buddhism, there's kind of a little bumper sticker, no mud, no lotus. The mud, do, is it a blessing? Is it, are we thankful for it? Um, do we just accept it? Well, the lotus in the mud is a perfect example because the lotus really does grow in that kind of environment. And all the mixture of elements in life uh, help to fertilize and create a richness, the pain, the grief, the legitimate grief and pain of life. That there is legitimate grief and pain. That's not self-pity, which is something else, illegitimate. Self-pity serves no purpose. But the authentic suffering of human life, we're not running from that. And um, not attempting to escape every form of suffering. In fact, they have these sayings in Sufism. The word, actually, it's interesting. The word for this kind of pain in Sufi language is dirt. It's not D-I-R-T. It's D-E-R-T. Dirt. It means that useful spiritual pain. So they often sometimes say, "May, may, uh, may Allah increase your suffering." But there's an authentic suffering, the suffering of conscience, the suffering of the heart that's longing for purity and truth in a world that's muddy. But returning, let me just return to the whole idea of muddiness, because uh, Rumi uses exactly this metaphor when he says, you're like a glass of water that's very murky or muddy. But you need to know, you need to experience that you are not the murkiness, you are not the muddiness. You are the pure water. So maybe the mud has to settle, maybe it has to be filtered. It's all part of an ecology that is built on learning humility and compassion and forgiveness. Humility, compassion, forgiveness. Humility, compassion, forgiveness. For yourself too. I heard, uh, I heard an analogy like that once from an old man, Superman, that said, that it's the, it's the our minds and our desires that stir up that mud and make the water mud. Okay. So as we quiet that down and it settles, then the water gets clear. Yes. And then, and he said, but 
don't worry, he said, because in the bottom of the lake, he said, even after that, once in a while, some bubbles come up and stir it up a little bit. Don't worry about that. Just don't worry about that. Because <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that'll keep happening for a while, you know. And just, just let it go, okay. and it'll settle back down. That's a very good point, Ralph. Yeah, because we, we stir up the muddiness with our misplaced desires and negativity uh, and lack of contentment and judgment. So, Evoma. Alemin nuru Muhammed Mürvet yavalim